Hello, BYWG Tribe. This is Dr. Noah. Here's a quick peek at our supplement product and book of the month for April 2020. At the end of the podcast, I will spend a few minutes going into further detail, so we encourage you to listen to the end. The supplement of the month for April is actually our immune system support bundle that includes one bottle of immune boost, one bottle of stress rebalancer, and one bottle of vitamin D3 boost. We are extending our 15% off and free shipping through the month of April. Our book of the month is a frequent guest, Dr. Kelly Ann's Cleanse and Reset. And our product of the month is Magic Spoon. Man, do I love Magic Spoon. It's the world's first low-carb, high-protein, keto-friendly breakfast cereal. All the links, discount codes, and special offers for the product, supplement, and book will be listed in the show notes and iTunes, posted on social media, in our weekly newsletter, and on our website at www.beyondyourwildestgenes.com at the Listen Now tab. Thanks for listening. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Beyond Your Wildest Genes podcast for this week. I am Dr. Wanda Lee, and I'm hosting this episode with my guest, Dr. Patrick Gentempo, the author of Your Stand is Your Brand. Dr. Gentempo is a passionate person about the use of philosophy as a practical tool for success and achievement. His unique perspectives have captured worldwide attention. His TEDx talk, Unleashing the Power of Philosophy, is a must-watch, and we'll have those links in the bio. He is a chiropractor, an entrepreneur, and a longtime student of health and wellness, both practically and philosophically. One common quote uh, attributed to Patrick, everyone has a philosophy. The only question is whether they know it or not. He lives in Park City, Utah with his wife, Lori, and three children. I'm proud to say he's been a great friend to myself and my husband, Andrew, and a longtime mentor to our entire group of doctors here at BYWG. So welcome, Patrick. Thanks for having me. Really great to be with you. So um, one thing that probably some people are thinking as they're listening to this is your stand is your brand. That sounds like a business book. What does that have to do with Beyond Your Wildest Genes and health? Um, And for those people who have been listening for a while, you know that we treat health really as part of your your job, your self-responsibility and the choices that you make are are yours. And what's interesting about the choices that we make is they really have a lot to do with how we see the world and the things that we value. So I think talking about philosophy and values, which is a huge part of your book, is pretty important. What do you think, Pat? It is, and you, know, you in my introduction, which was very kind, thank you, you um, mentioned a quote that, that uh, is usually repeated very often, is that uh, everybody, you who are hearing my voice right now, you have a philosophy, and that philosophy is driving your choices, actions, and outcomes whether you know it or not. So the practical application of philosophy in life is um, is really critical, it can change your life, save your life, etc. And most especially that applies in health. And when you look at um, you know the circumstance we're in in the world with, with the pandemic, um, you know, people are confused and for good reason because there's a lot of conflicting information that's being disseminated um you know i i spent i was yesterday i spent a lot of time in literature review looking at um a lot of the research literature and simultaneously um you know looking at headlines in in the news media and you know it's like a tale of two cities these things you know don't at all equate to each other and now if you're the average you know consumer out there the average person out there trying to figure out what's going on and trying to gain some context so you can figure out what you might want to do. 
you know, you're going to have a really tough time. So I, I think you have to get into some fundamental, um, uh, I guess, some fundamental premises or some fundamental views of reality that you work from to be able to decide how you're supposed to show up right now in the world and then, you know, proceed forward. So it's a really challenging time and, and, and a very important time that people start to self-reflect and, and decide, uh, you know, what their what their personal philosophy is, especially when it comes to health. Well, and that's one of the, the thoughts that struck me when I was reviewing your book this morning, getting ready for this talk is, you know, we when we talk to patients about health or when we talk to clients about health, we talk to our friends or our family, one of the questions that people will ask is, you know, what do I need to do? And like you're saying right now, in the midst of this pandemic, which is so confusing and so overwhelming for so many people, the, the common question is, you know, what do I need to do? But maybe the question is, who do I need to be? Yeah, that is, uh, you know, for me, that has been, um, you know, the guidepost uh, for so many of the interviews I've been doing and, and uh, the lectures I've been giving uh, it's exactly what I'm telling people. You know, I have a, a fairly large audience. Um, I don't say it to self-aggrandize, but just to say that I got a lot of incoming traffic coming to me, uh, where people saying, "What do I? Should, what should I do? Should I be doing this? Should I be doing colloidal silver? Should I be doing you know uh, uh, you know e extra vitamin C? Should I be doing you know vitamin D3? Should I be you know taking this, taking that? Uh, you know, uh, all kinds of questions about what to do." Uh, when it comes to their economics, their finances, you know, should I, you know, should I be uh, liquidating my accounts? You know, the market has crashed. You know, there's, you know, it's really the questions are mostly in health and wealth right now, rel relative to this whole pandemic. And uh, and my response has been consistently, you're asking the wrong question. <laughs> the question isn't what do you need to do right now. The question, the most important question, is who do you need to be right now? Because who you need to be is going to inform what you're going to do. So as I like to say, it's the who before the do. And when, and sometimes maybe people don't quite understand that question. Uh, you know, what do you mean? Who do I need to be? And, and it's, it's, it's literally asking the question, how do you need to show up right now? Are, are you a business leader? Are you a doctor? Are you a, a parent? Are you responsible for children? Are you a 20 year old just out of college and you've got no other responsibilities? Who do you need to be right now in the midst of all this? And that's going to dictate, you know, what the outcomes are going to be. Uh, we certainly have an extraordinary amount of health challenge, you know, that, that you know, there's certain things that people can do to, to uh, create more health assurance for themselves. Uh, there's also economic challenges that are somewhat unprecedented. There's people who are out of work, people who see, have seen their incomes drop, people who have seen whatever retirement accounts they've had, you know, you know, just suddenly, you know, evaporate to a large extent. And, you know, you can either freak out and you can go hide or you could run or you can you can start to get some context because I could tell you we're in the midst of the biggest wealth transfer, I think, in the history of humankind right now. And the people and I'm not saying, you know, this is not about being opportunistic um, and and, you know, trying to buy a bunch of hand sanitizer and resell it at a higher price. I'm talking about that that literally the markets are shook up and that people with level heads who have a certain set of values and they have a vision that they'll move toward uh, can, you know, can uh, take action right now that can lead them to higher ground. Uh, and the same thing is true about health. There's people, because if you think about this for a moment, you know, I was interviewed on a multiple health podcast just in the last week. 
and people start asking the questions. Well, you know, I hear you know nebulizing um, uh, you know hydrogen peroxide you know could be really effective for for a COVID infection, which is true. And I, I hear that uh, you know, colloidal silver, or maybe I, I, I hear gargling with zinc, and you know, all, all these things have, in my mind, some validity. They, they help to boost immunity um, and all that kind of good stuff. Certainly, um, you know, I'm an extraordinary advocate of chiropractic, and that people should be getting adjusted right now. And it's unfortunate because I'm a chiropractor, but I don't practice anymore. Um, you know, my, my businesses and enterprises don't have me in private practice. Uh, so I, you know, there, nobody's going to take an adverse action against me, a regulatory board. But I can tell you that, you know, chiropractors in many places are, are being prohibited from being able to even talk about the relationship between the nervous system immunity and the chiropractic adjustment, for which there's an enormous amount of, of really solid science that exists. Um, so certainly I advocate people, I, I see chiropractic as an essential service right now and people should be getting chiropractic adjustments. Um, but ultimately, beyond all of those things, uh, here's, the, here's the thing that people have to recognize, which is much more fundamental. It's like, again, who do you need to be right now? Well, we're told to quarantine. We're told, and, and again, I don't. My, my friend Michael Burnoff pointed out that's a pretty negative word. When you know, words have frequency, words have vibration. Words, you know, evoke an emotional response in your body. The word quarantine conjures up pretty dark and bad images. So if you say I'm under quarantine, I'm forced to be quarantined, what have you. That's a bad thing. So if you're saying, hey, I'm self-isolating for a while, it's a little bit of a different thing. We're not social distancing. We're physically distancing. Socially, I'm very connected right now. I mean, I'm, I'm speaking with people through uh, Zoom, looking at their faces, having conversations. I'm physically distant from them, but I'm not socially distant from them. So we gain context in these ways. But why this is important is that in in what we're being directed to do, it's the opposite of what we really need in many respects. I'm not saying that having you know this physical distancing and isolation isn't flattening the curve and helping to prevent the spread of coronavirus and, and that it might um, be a, a good idea to prevent the overwhelm of our medical systems. But uh, and everybody should understand, eventually everybody's coming out. Eventually people are going to get exposed. They're just trying to limit how quickly people get exposed at one time. <laughs> so that being the case, what do you really need? Well, if we're gonna talk about health, first of all, rest is, a, well, maybe I'll start before that. Fear, anxiety, and worry, those are things that downregulate your immune function. So that's gonna actually make you more vulnerable. So stop that. Get, get into understanding that your body is very, very capable of being able to deal with you know these these varying pathogens that it might come in contact with it's done it since the time you're born it's done it since the beginning of, of, of the human species walking the earth and it will do it right now um, and how can you support it well you need to rest you need to lower your anxiety levels go out and get into the sun uh, you know I, I it you know, my mother uh, who has been uh, you know indoors a lot she's in the high-risk group etc uh, struggling with her blood pressure uh, spiking a bit, I, you know, I just told her, get out, you know, I'm not saying you got to go be in, you know, where other people are, go sit out on your porch and let, you know, get into the sun. Her blood pressure dropped 12 points because she sat out in the sun for half an hour. Um, you know, there's, there's these varying things that you can do, breathing fresh air, et cetera, that even though you, you want to create this physical distancing, 
you have to get to the fundamentals of what your body thrives on and how you can upregulate your immune system rather than downregulate it through the medicalization of your experience and sterilization of your experience to a point where you're not getting rest, you're not getting sun, you're not getting fresh air. These are very simple things that we all need in our life right now. So, you know, my you know, when I talk about taking a stand or your stand is your brand, I, I'm really just taking a stand on people being self-empowered, uh, you know, having more confidence in their body and its ability to deal with the circumstance to not give in to fear and panic and isolation to if you're going to be physically distanced don't be socially distanced connect with other people and uh the uh, the last thing i'll say because i know this is a little bit of a rant um is that if i've learned nothing else from the coronavirus um, I learned how connected we all are. You know, we're we're having this conversation, Wanderly, you and I, uh, on this podcast. And there's people around the world that that can and will listen to it. Uh, what, if you look at coronavirus, think about it for a moment. This is a virus that started in China, that has now reached every corner of the earth. I don't care what your race is, your religion, your socioeconomic levels, or how remote you live in the world, it reached you. It's everywhere. And that happened with us intentionally trying to separate and break connection amongst us. The reality is we are all inextricably connected. And my my premise around this is that rather than me thinking about this connection that I have with you who are listening to this right now, and thinking and, and having a worry or a fear or an anxiety around the fact that you might infect me, my, my preferred response is I am now realizing and recognizing the connection we all have. And my preference is to acknowledge and celebrate that connection, not fear it. And with, through that connection, if we can spread optimism and hope, as compared to pessimism and anxiety and fear, I think you know the the outcome of this is going to be a better world, not a not a worse world. I agree. That's something that you know we've had a few conversations about with uh, some of the thing live streams that Mike and Noah and myself we do on Thursdays. We've talked about this a few times. Is is the opportunities that this time is bringing for a lot of people? opportunities to maybe slow down and take a look at some of their habits that they'd fallen into the busyness and um, maybe they were less physically distant but maybe even more socially distant when we were all busy running around doing stuff instead of stopping to pay attention to those connections that we have with people we may not physically be in the same room but I would say I'm more in touch with most of my closest friends since this has happened because we all have more time and so there's always a positive side to these crises, um, if you're willing to stop and look at that. So with BYWG, and that's the key. Yeah, um, it's mm -hmm. the key. With BYWG, we tie, we try to really focus the fact that health is that three legs of a stool: the physical, the chemical, and the emotional. And and in a time like this, there's nothing more obvious than how connected those three things are. No doubt, and um, and and this is. Uh, like I said, a lot of times people are looking for deep, dark, complex um, solutions, you know, that are protocols that are very involved and certainly they exist. Um, and, uh, and, you know, there's 
all kinds of uh, things I could cite right now that a lot of people are speaking to out there already. But uh, but sometimes we're losing the forest for the trees. And just uh, like I said, you know, I think the big picture matters first. And um, and the big picture is, is things that I don't care if it's the coronavirus pandemic or if it's life on Earth, you know, without it, um, you know, these things become become important. Uh, but it, it, this is the ultimate look in the mirror. Um, I, I believe a lot of people are now getting more introspective and taking stock uh, and, and thinking about life, as you had cited, um, you know, for me, I mean, listen, I, I, I haven't been home for this stretch of time without traveling because, you know, I've traveled millions of miles through, you know, I, I do a lot of lecturing around the world. Um, and, uh, you know, so my work and my business takes me traveling quite a bit. So I have, you know, at, at this point, at least nine trips that have canceled. And I've been home this whole time with my wife and kids, and um, and it's been a very different and for me uh, a, a very beautiful experience. Um, uh, I say that with full uh, empathy and recognition of the fact that I know that there are young couples who are living you know week to week off their paychecks, who have kids at home living in apartments in in, in cities like Chicago or, or Manhattan, or, and uh, you know they're in a very very tough circumstance um and uh and i i have complete uh, empathy for that circumstance and in working actually a lot of the work we're doing right now is to try to find ways uh for them to to find a path out of that and and to get to higher ground um so i'm i'm recognizing the pain in the world right now but the first step away from it starts with the thought of the possibility that there's a better life in front of me if i if i can you know collect myself decide how i want to show up and then start moving toward it well, and one of the things with this this forced time and this emptiness of our schedules is we do have a little bit more time for maybe some introspection and some reflection on, on what we do truly value at the end of the day, our core values, or as you talk about it in your book, your, your Miles Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as it, for those people who maybe haven't taken the time or, or had the opportunity to sit with themselves with this time, what could you suggest for them in, in exploring the idea of, of their core values? It's uh, it's an important question. So thank you for that. And, uh, you know, I think it's, it's what you're saying with the introspection, uh, the time we have, the space, if you will, to be able to, you know, self-reflect, um, Here's what I'm hearing from a lot of people, and it's not just a few people, a lot of people, is that I recognized now that there's been this massive pattern interrupt that I've been living in the matrix to a large degree. I've I've been in my routines, my rhythms, my drive, my push and everything. And I I realize that um, that isn't how I want to (laughs) live. This is not who I really am. But I start. We start to self-identify with the job we have, which could be gone right now for a lot of people. Um, we start to identify with, you know, the place we live. We start to identify with, you know, the routines that we run on a daily basis, and we do that consciously or unconsciously. But when when that all gets interrupted, you start to say, okay, and that's why I asked the question. You know, who do you need to be right now? Is that is that we start to recognize, oh my goodness, that identity that I assumed was not really who I am in my deeper, more purest expression of myself. 
And for everybody, you know, you, you know, we could say, okay, so why or you know, how are you, you know, what what is it? What is the contradiction? What is the thing that you know, I, I, the behavior I've had or the routines I've been running that aren't who I really am? And you can go down, a, you know, pretty much a long list. But here's what I found: there are people who are doing things that they weren't doing before because the space just opened up in their life for them to do it. And it, it you know, I can't tell you how many people have you know, picked up a guitar for the first time in 10 years, <laughs> sat down at the piano for the first time in 10 years, are reading certain books in certain areas of interest that they completely let go of. So what is this, what is this reflective of? It's reflective of what you talk about, your core values. What is it that you truly value? Um, I, if for one big example is time with your family. <laughs> um, and of course, a lot of people live in the, hey, I'm a provider. I work every day. A lot, a lot of times it's both parents you know, are providers. They're out working every day, not making time for themselves in a relationship, not making time for, with, you know, with their kids. And they're starting to recognize that, wow, I was really unplugged from all this. Of course, the, the program we run in our heads is that um, you know, I'm, I'm providing for my family, so I'm doing this for my family. But really, not recognizing that that they become they're becoming and have become estranged from their family. They they've disconnected from it. Now, what's interesting is we're talking about again really more personal things. Uh, even though some people would consider my book a business book, it really is is more of a a book about who you are and then how you might apply that to your business if you happen to be an entrepreneur. But it applies to any dimension of your life. So. I would say now is the time, I guess the long answer to your question, is to sit back and, and, and to start to document, uh, and I, I walk through a process of how to do this, but to start to document what are your core values, meaning we value a lot of things, but the core values are the things we value most, and once you, I can identify those core values, and it's, you know, that's why the chapter is called Finding Your Miles Davis. What's the purest expression of those values? But you can't know your Miles Davis. You can't express yourself in a pure form unless you first know what your values are. And that's why you have to take the time to go discover them. Absolutely. And this, you know, is a perfect time for some of that. Um, and it, it's a chance to kind of be a little more than honest with yourself that, you know, you maybe said, well, I, I value health, but I just don't have time to go to the gym or right. I just don't have time to cook meals from a, you know, home. Um, and now that we have that time, we can see where those contradictions might have been living. Um, you know, I, I read a, a thing the other day that someone posted said, you know, I always thought I, I would do this if I had this time. I have this time and I realize that's not at all what I want to be doing. Um, right. So some of uncovering some of those contradictions of what we think we want and what we actually end up doing when we or being when we have that chance is is sometimes a, a great lesson in itself. It's it's the ultimate lesson. I mean, you know, probably the worst possible thing for, you know, a human life. I mean, you listen, we all live with the existential angst of, of mortality, you know, and the fact that we come here, we, we live, we, we develop relationships and love and, and, and values and and then we're going to die. <laughs> and it's it, you know, so there, there's this fundamental um issue of existence that's been explored by philosophers for you know all time and uh and but the the thought or i guess the the thing that i uh want to let people think about is that 
getting to the later years of your life and maybe even not the later years of your life, but getting to a point where you have regrets and you're living with regrets and you can look back. I mean, right now, I don't know what decade of your life is, you know, you who are listening right now that you might be in, what stage of life you might be in. But I can tell you that um, one of the saddest things in life is to get to stages of life that you look back on prior years and say, I regret I did this. I regret I didn't do that. I wished I had spent more time with so-and-so. I wished I had taken better care of myself. I wished so many, I mean, you, you can just start to make a laundry list of regrets. And I, I believe the, the blessing in what's going on right now is everybody gets to, to pause for a moment and say, hmm, have I been living in a way that's going to cause me to have regrets at some point in my future? Um, and if and if you can be brutally honest with yourself, and if the answer is yes, this is your real opportunity to make some changes. Absolutely. So we're coming close to the end of our time limit. Um, any thought or idea or instruction or opportunity you want to leave our listeners with? Yeah, you know, I, I could tell you that um, what's been interesting in the feedback from the people who've been reading my book is that um, they've uh, they've related to chapter seven in a big way, which is uh, called creative destruction. And uh, it's kind of interesting because we go on this whole journey in the book, you know, starting in chapter one, and, and we're building, you know, chapter by chapter how to really kind of build this life or even build this this business, you know, if you're, if you're an entrepreneur. And once you have it all kind of dialed in, wired in, you learned all these things, then the, the, the last chapter is basically on how to burn it all down. <laughs> and if you notice, I call it creative destruction. It's not just a, a negative destruction to, you know, like, you know, a nuclear bomb, blow it all, you know, down and radiate it. It's, it's more about saying um, it's time maybe to take the old and let go of it. And, and burn it down so that something more beautiful can emerge, which is the whole um, metaphor of the phoenix, right? The phoenix keeps, you know, this beautiful thing emerges, and then it gets up to a certain pinnacle, and then it dips back down into the flames, and then burns all the way down, and then something even more beautiful emerges out of those flames. You know, I, I give examples of the book, uh, like, like you know, the Beatles and Beatlemania, um, you know, and, and how when the Beatles were at the peak of Beatlemania, and they had, you know, millions and millions of dollars selling out stadiums everywhere and what do they do they quit they burn it all down the whole beetle brand the haircut the suit the, the style of the music burned it all down and they come out with what many consider to be the greatest album of all time sergeant pepper's lonely hearts club ben and completely reinvented themselves and, and and because they were willing to continually practice creative destruction they were able to progress in their life and, and to do major important things in the world and big things in the world and, and why they were the greatest rock and roll band of all time. So the, you know, the, the same thing is true for everybody who's listening right now in their life is, uh, is what can you burn down? It doesn't have to be everything, but are there some things? And maybe sometimes it's saying, you know what? I need to burn the whole thing down and create something new and better. Uh, so, uh, so I would, con and now's a good time to contemplate how to be the phoenix, what there is to burn down, to, how can you practice creative destruction in your life and create something that's going to be better and serve you on a higher level? I totally believe that. I, I, I believe there's a cycle of everything that, you know, we create, 
we master and then we blow it up so that we can move to the next the next level or as John Martini would call it the next quantum or you know whatever philosopher or personal development guru I've studied over the last number of years it all has that same cycle because that's just the reality of how the world works and so it's an opportunity right now to, to experience that we can all blow up a few things and and start over in a better at a better place the next level the simplicity beyond the complexity yeah well said <laughs> so uh so that is uh been a wonderful half hour pat thanks so much for for joining me on byWG podcast we i just love doing these and and i hope i know our listeners have been very loyal over the past five years they they really enjoy them as well and then they're shared globally with in hundreds of countries at this point um, so thanks all of you who are listening and and if you like what you hear of course share this with someone you know that you think might benefit from this information as always it is free it's on itunes youtube spotify the website a gabillion other podcast apps um, you can pretty much find us everywhere and while you're on our website um, www.beyondyourwellnessgenes.com um, you can register for our weekly newsletter as well we have extra things that we pop up in there as well as our curated health tips every week, special events, special offers, things that we want to share with you. Um, and we do appreciate everyone, including Dr. Patrick and Tempo today for sharing our passion for creating a healthier world. And we hope you all join us for more next week. So as Dr. Noah always says, be awesome and never unawesome. Thanks. <laughs> hey, it's Dr. Noah and I'm back. I suspect you loved listening to this week's podcast release. Our book of the month is Dr. Kellyanne's Cleanse and Reset, Detoxify, Nourish, and Restore Your Body for Sustained Weight Loss in Just Five Days. Dr. Kellyanne Petrucci has been a longtime friend of Beyond Your Wildest Genes. Check out our newest book. The link to purchase will be in all our emails, social media, and the show notes. Our product of the month is Magic Spoon. In my interweb travels, I noticed a company called Magic Spoon, marketed as the world's first low-carb, high-protein, keto-friendly breakfast cereal, so I decided to try it. I bought the variety pack with flavors blueberry, cocoa, frosted, and fruity. They come in Adventure Time looking like boxes, and we tried them, and I have to tell you, they are awesome. Absolutely delicious, and the cereal never gets soggy. My kids love it, too. Definitely a repeat purchase for me. I know you all are looking for a better option than Frosted Flakes, and this could be one for sure. For those of you who are curious, a serving of Magic Spoon has 12 grams of protein and only 3 net carbs, while Frosted Flakes has 2 grams of protein and 20 grams of net carbs. It is sweetened by a unique blend of allulose, monk fruit, and stevia. And they just released mini boxes, great for travel. To support our patient's immune system, we bundled together three of our top sellers that are chock full of research-based immune-boosting nutraceuticals and botanicals. The immune system support bundle includes one bottle of immune boost, one bottle of stress rebalancer, and one bottle of vitamin D3 boost. The normal price for these three supplements in total is $155. For the month of April, we are extending our 15% off and free shipping, making the total cost $131.75. You can pick this up in the office or if you're, lo in, if you're local, or we can send and ship it to you. This includes vitamin D3, maitake, echinacea, glutathione, vitamin A, adaptogens, minerals, and so much more to supercharge your immune system. 
Recently, we've done a multitude of live streams on this product, and the first podcast of the month for April will be solely dedicated to this bundle, so stay tuned. If you have any questions or comments, please never hesitate to reach out to us. Thank you, and be awesome and never unawesome.